a bit of your last week's podcast or not last week's, but the last one that you mm. uh, you guys are doing and you had Simpletonium. And the funny thing is we were hanging out in the level design chat and he was in there and we started discussing things. And, and I was like, yeah, I remember on the podcast, it was Bridge, Jimmy, Arlene. And, <laughs> and like he's like literally guy, like right in the chat. And he's like, just like, and was it you? <laughs> I want to say you. <laughs> we were we were chatting about uh, we were chatting about uh, some of the topics from your your last week or the last podcast. It was mm. Interesting. No, it was good because um, uh, like it's funny you say that because he actually meant, he did mention um that conversation that he had with you uh, and how much he enjoyed. Uh, chatting with you um and you know simpletonium um is definitely one of those uh uh quite philosophical uh people like very thoughtful and, and considered and um works through uh you know things mentally a lot um he's great great to talk mm-hmm. to and i actually do want to do a um a one-on-one with him because uh yeah he's, he's great to talk to and he's always got ideas and likes exploring concepts um yeah a lot yeah so that's yeah, um, yeah we were talking briefly we jumped into like discussions about like I guess new mappers and like, and why they shouldn't create Lord of the Rings on their first go around, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or like you know, it's the idea of like, this is your first time opening an editor and you, <laughs> you want to make Lord of the Rings Stop. trilogy. Stop. I was like, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should figure out how to make a door first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's uh, yeah. It's always funny when that happens. Right? Oh, and you you see it all the time. Like it is very it is. <laughs> Common, more common than, than you'd think. I would have thought like people like even even younger experienced people, they'd be a little bit of hubris. So, like maybe I shouldn't dive into creating yeah this Minas Tirith you know one to one recreation scale um, and but you know trying to actually um, make a, an exitable level first with a single teleporter. Uh, you know that sounds like a, yeah. something I can do. And you know it's like why would you why would you go for that big ambitious thing? Kind of like surely a part of you knows it's going to be fucking hard. And that would be enough. No, to, I don't think they do. Yeah, no, maybe I not. Think, I think the I think the end the like the one point, and it might seem a little, might seem a little, I don't know, uh, I don't know, spiteful or something. I don't know. But the the idea that like those people sometimes just need to, they need to go through it. They mm. need to they need to have that moment. The where realization. Like, oh shit! This is hot. Yeah, <laughs> like they need to have the the fire. They need to have that moment of like whoa. Like, what was I thinking? Like, like maybe yeah. a year or two later, they're they're like, "There's no way I'm finishing this." Yeah, <laughs> hopefully like, it doesn't take a couple of years. <laughs> Although, like, it's interesting you say that because you know when I started out, you know, um, way back when, you know, dabbling in level editing for Doom, I was mm-hmm. I was definitely leaning that way as well. Like, I did, did fuck around and make sure. some like real beginnery early maps and just get some get some stuff made and figure out some of the basics. But I dove into the idea that would become Age of Hell um, quite yeah. quickly. And while now I don't regret it, like I'm, I'm happy with what I can make and what I have made and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, it took 17 years for me to release a map <laughs> to, into the public <laughs> sphere. So like, like, so that's why I'm like, also like, not like good. I think it's easy for people like us that have the experience now to look back mm. and be like, look, don't, don't do follow this, yeah. my path. <laughs> but I do think there's a lot of like experimentation. So like, so mm. it's the it's that expression like kind of getting the wheat from the chaff or whatever like I know that in, like in this context it's the people who come back for more and keep mm. going and keep pushing themselves are the people that usually like keep getting better yeah but those people who like hit that like 
second Lord of the Rings book or whatever. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like, oh, there's no way I'm doing this. And like, I'm totally burnt out. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. get sidetracked. And oh, and that's else. exactly like, what happened to me. Like I did a, a stint, you know, I don't know, a year or two uh, when I was younger and you know, uh, a teenager and then didn't map for years and then did another stint and got all ambitious and excited again and then didn't map for seven years again. Like there's more yeah. not mapping time in my career than mapping time. And it is reflected in that, you know, diving in too deep, too ambitious. Right. Like I got obsessed with a, you know, like a lot of uh, early mappers do with making a thirty-two level megawatt. Like it had to be thirty-two levels. Right. Make, make all thirty and make all thirty-two, <laughs> and then release it. Yeah. Who, who are you? I know. You're not doing. Uh, I'm Weak. just kidding. Weak. Um, <laughs> and then get you know, somebody at home going like, "Oh, I only planned for twenty-five maps. Oh shit! I have to do thirty-two. Start scribbling. Yeah, and like um, and part and a part of that was I I was working in Isolaco. I wasn't involved in any communities. It was just something that I liked to do for fun, um, which. And like, I actually think that wasn't necessarily a 100% bad thing. It did mean that I could just play around and enjoy it for the sake of enjoying it. And I, that, I think sure. that's why I've got this you know, huge amount of passion and uh, for mapping is because I spent so much time just doing it purely for fun, like like how you play a game for fun, um, yeah. for no other reason than to have fun. That's why I mapped. So I never released anything. I didn't interact with community members. It was just me. And I show a couple of mates kind of thing when they came around. And yeah. I was like, oh, look what I made yesterday. Uh, but that was about it. And um it means that now, while it has taken a long time to actually get 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 some stuff out there, I've got that kind of like raw enjoyment to base it on, uh, which I think is yeah. is a good thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely don't recommend that path for for your average <laughs> average new mapper. Um, yeah, the uh, <clears throat> I never finished a Half Life Two map. Like that's like the thing is like I like I was in the same boat. Like I basically. <clears throat> never got around to I have like a ton of projects that I never released. There's just tons of levels that are all by my own standards today, just like the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, and I, and I like every once in a while, I like load up like an old portal mod or something like that. And I'll take a look and I'll be like, yeah. Oh, that was kind of fun. You know? But like, there's, there's so many things like that where you just, you just keep moving on and you keep trying new things mm. and you get better at like different scripted things or like, Oh, here's like a, a character in a scene that does a thing and then like now i'm getting better and now i'm like a narrative scripter and now mm-hmm. i'm like doing this other stuff so it's uh there's a lot of uh there's a lot of bouncing that i think can happen even if somebody never finishes something they can still get like a ton of skills from doing like tons of definitely, random stuff um, but you mentioned like how about just setting up a room with a teleporter yeah. or like a door and that's one of the reasons why i also um so just a little background. I saw somebody in chat ask this, but like I'm I'm one of the devs for Proteus. It's an indie uh, retro shooter that um, is on Steam right now. You can just check it out. It's Proteus with a D. We've got it on our T-shirts. Um, but yeah, one of the things that I like to do is we do these like little challenges where like for the weekend, we'll just make a door. It's like, hey, everybody, we're going to pile on and make like a bunch of funny, like cool sci-fi doors this weekend. Like have fun doing it mm. and the results are always just like really cool like people like really go out of their way and make these cool cool doors and um and it's something that when you realize what kind of feedback comes back to just making a simple door and making it feel good when it opens and not mm. just like an origin brush that just rotates open but like actively something that feels good you start to realize oh there's a lot more to player feedback mm. than i thought 
Um, and we did it. We did another one last did weekend with week? an elevator. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did an elevator lift. <laughs> yeah, and that was a lot of fun. Some people came up with some really cool. I like, saw that. Robot was that that skull? Like, that big, big like demon oh skull. That God, one. That yeah, was so Vlad, cool. I was just Vlad like, made a skull. <laughs> Can I have like, that? Like, you actually like, climb into yeah. the skull's mouth, <laughs> and so like, cool. there's a button, and you press it, and it like lifts it back up. That's very Doom Eternal. Um, yeah, that that was awesome. And I like um that um. Uh, it's an interesting point there because I actually think that's a good idea like these themes like almost speed maps where you like make a pillar I might steal that idea because um, that sounds <laughs> like good. a lot of fun it, I mean, yeah. the main thing the main thing that's really great about it right is just like that instills just like okay so maybe <clears throat> I'm not confident enough to make an entire level mm-hmm. but you know you can gain that confidence by by entering these little little things that you know you can build smaller pieces and gain that momentum mm. and um, just exploring and a concept like, you know that exploration of a single idea like you say yeah. you have to focus on an entire level with a story arc and and progression it's like i'm gonna make a cool pillar you know and just lose yourself in that and that's actually yeah. a lot of how particularly when i'm starting out a new level that's what i'll do it's like i don't know what i want to i've got a, an idea maybe i've done a sketch I'm going to make a sure. cool pillar and then I'm going to make a nice window and then a nice staircase. And right. as I'm making these like little kind of disparate individual elements, just because I think that they're fun to make, the idea starts to cement, okay, this, I can link these together like this. Okay, let's put six pillars around in a ring or the stair can go here and put, you know, and then, and then the level grows from that. And I, I think that ability to just lose yourself in something small is really yeah. important, particularly when you want to make something big at the end of the day. Um, sure. Focus on those. That's a, I think that's something that's really... <laughs> That comes with a lot of experience, though. I don't mm. know if that's something that can easily come to somebody just starting out because they're not—they don't necessarily have like the bigger picture mm. um, at that at that point. But somebody like us, we can sit down and um, who's had like just a ton of experience making like rooms and like tons of different architecture. Um, it's a little easier. Yeah, yeah, usually, when I when I'm when I'm doing that, like I make like a one pillar type idea. It's usually based off of like a gameplay. Thing. Like mm. something that will happen that the player will have to either move around or be a part of. An actual or like, mechanic, yeah. Like, yeah, like some kind of combat setup. And I'm like, okay, well, what what kind of cool combat setup? Mm. And then, like, the combat grows from there. And the room and, and stuff like that can be a little bit more finalized, like, once you've come up with some stuff. Because, yeah, I mean, it's just like a – it's an interesting way of just taking that one little idea and expanding on it. Is something that I, I think a lot of people could do uh, for sure. Um, once you get used to it, I think that's a it's a great way of, of dealing with things. Because, mm, like uh, you know, what you say, you're you're, you're saying you're quite you'd be focused on a on an account design or a mechanic or something. Um, uh, I I'm definitely more purely like definitely initially like focused on visuals and architectural design and that kind of stuff. But I do have in the back of my head almost subconsciously, how's a fight going to work in here? What's going to happen? And I I think you're right. That experience is important to know and try and like it goes in confidence as well to know that it doesn't re if I don't have a, that fully fleshed out, I'm confident in my ability to turn this space into something fun. Um, and, and it's not going to end up like a choked up mess or anything like that. Um, I think that is a good point. Yeah. That it's, it's something that you get better with, uh, over time. Um, uh, you know, uh, if I look at what I used to do two years ago, still stuff that looks good, but fell down a bit more on that final gameplay concept because it wasn't a cohesive design, uh, as mm-hmm. I was building it. Um, and it's something that, um, uh, I feel like I've definitely gotten better. Um, so actually yeah. th- this all ties in quite nicely to a couple of the, a couple of questions that I had pre-planned and one of them was like, cause this is something that, um, 
I see a lot of commentary around from both ends of the spectrum. And so people's first maps, their early works, either they're making, they're just starting out and they kind of hate what they do because they see what the experienced people are making. Oh, fuck, I can't do that. And then people looking back on what they used to make, even a year or two years ago, you know, they go, oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. kind of nasty. Um, like, yeah. what, so say going back to the beginning of Proteus, like, do you, do you, do you get that? Like, what do, you, what, what do your old maps make you feel? Yeah, actually, uh, we were we were looking at uh, one of our one of the level designers was playing through the campaign again, and just based on all the stuff that we know already about mm. the game and what makes a good level and and whatnot, um, we were looking at the first few levels, and I was just like, we were looking we would look at a wall, and and like immediately like because the there's an optimization, there's like a face count that we like to aim for for like low end uh, consoles in the future and stuff, mm. and so we like walk into a room and. And be like, ooh, look at that ceiling. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, that's a lot of oh, that's a lot of slices in that. Like, like literally last night we were doing this, and it was like, Fantastic. it was like, yeah, I don't. And then we were looking outside at like one of the building faces, and I said, you know, I don't even build buildings like that anymore. <laughs> I said, I can't stand that. Look away, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's just a uh, yeah. There's definitely like there's something to be said about where you started and like where you ended, and like, I think that that's true for like most processes, like with games. Um, and I think it's really difficult to kind of uh, to nail that down throughout the entire process. Mm. But definitely, like once you get into that groove, it becomes a lot easier and um, to like focus on the things that are important to your game and like what what satisfies a pillar of your game. Mm. And um, okay, this doesn't really land there, but you know, is it unique enough that we keep it or something? But mm. yeah, so just going back and looking at some of the original levels, like I don't. I don't think about it too hard because they're there. They're, that's a part of the, the mm. game. That's what it is. Um, you know, and that'll always be a part of the game and that, that little subsection of the game will be there. Um, so I don't think of it as like, oh, we should redo it mm. or like, like, oh, that's so bad. Because like during the time when we were testing it and everything, it was good mm. and it's still good. It's just like when you play it for like the 30th thousandth time or whatever, it's hard to still gauge if you're if like things are still like up to snuff or like, mm. do you need to like change things? But you know, in that time capsule of like when it was created and how it was created with the like first half of the campaign in mind, I still think a lot of the, a lot of those levels are, are, are good. There's just like aesthetic things that, that you look back and you go, Oh, like I'll do, oh, I do things totally yeah, different yeah, yeah. now, you know? And I think it's important. Like, um, as the mapper, as the creator, you'll be much more aware of the things that you don't like anymore, things that you've gotten better at. You'll be you'll, you'll burrow sure. in and like, ooh, I don't make windows. Like, like you say, oh, that ceiling's a bit messy. Oh, I wouldn't do that again. Players don't <laughs> pick up on that very often. And particularly if you're playing through a game that has, mm-hmm. you know, map, the first maps were made earlier on in the development and then so on and so forth. And then by the end of it, it's it's the, the, the designers have gotten better. You know, your tools have improved. You know, you're sure. better. And then... It's not actually a bad thing to have that ramp up through a game. Like you look at uh, Dusk yeah. in a Medieval, and they do the same thing. Like you can see with Dusk, the devs getting better at what they were making. They get more ambitious with their designs. You get to the Asher Lab stuff. You get that gravi- like the gravity switching maps, sure. which are fucking wild. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And really, really crazy designs. And you can and you look go back and play the first map, and it's like simple, like farmhouse kind of stuff. And yeah. that's not a bad thing because it fits the story arc. And the game, the levels are still fun, like you say, the early Proteus maps, they're still fun to play as a player. Um, and, you know, Medieval did, this, did the same thing. You get up to compare the first episode to the seventh, and the seventh is some of the wackiest level design I've ever seen. Um, yeah. So, you know, you look at these successful products that have, that have done really well. 
Um, and they've got those same kind of, I guess, kind of mapping arcs and, and the way the <coughs> devs have worked, particularly with things like in Proteus is the same. They've released each episode and then the next episode and the next episode, you know, chunks of gameplay came out and it wasn't like mm-hmm. the early stuff hadn't been released and the devs could go behind the scenes and do big reworks and stuff. It's like, no, these are actually out there in the public sphere. People have played them, people like it, so we're just going to leave it. And, um, and right. you know, it's kind of like a, a bit Whereas of a like, timestamp. We've of, done like a little bit of a, like for us, um, <laughs> We've definitely done some rework on some of the initial levels because of some of the mechanics that we were working on. Um, went back to make sure that everything was going to feel really good to go back. And I really want that. I really want the game to have like a really strong, cohesive feeling when it's over. Um, and you really can't get that until like everything's done um, and like sitting there in front of you objectively, so you can like look at it from start to finish. Um, so I do think that that's a that's a thing to be said you know, about keeping things like at least cohesive. Um, I do understand like, so the funny thing is a lot of this goes back to like, almost like what was the original quake or um, when all the designers were building in 3d for the first time Mm -hmm. and everybody had their own different weird style. So then they were like, how do we work this in? Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, different dimensions. And like, each dimension <laughs> Works pretty well. like a different designer, a different <laughs> yeah. art style. Yeah. And I think that's a really tricky thing to balance because like when we're working on the game, like um, some of the people that worked on it, right, everybody kind of has like a different art style, mm-hmm. like the way they like to do things. Um, but it does come down to like, if you have like a strong um, vision holder who can go, oh, this doesn't work yep. or this doesn't look right. We wouldn't do this in the game, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think that's important to have as well, just to keep things um, consistent or at least in the realm of yeah. like what you're what you would well, expect. You, you, in you your compare game. like a, 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 a true community project uh, where people just make maps and, and there's no uh, rules necessarily uh, around like a cohesive theme, and it's a you know a jumble. And that's the beauty of a community project: you get a lot of different products, a lot of different styles and stuff. And you compare that to a, a like say a managed project where there's someone at the top saying, "Oh, this is the kind of thing we want to stay within these boundaries." Yeah, you want you want your different mappers to bring their own styles and tastes and flavors. Absolutely, variety is good, but yeah, you want to keep it within certain parameters in terms of yeah to keep sure. that consistency so people who when they play the first three maps they go this is really fun i really like this and they come across this outlier like what, what the hell <laughs> and yeah, you throw it for a spin and they go ah oh, i hate I this mean, now yeah <laughs> i think i think that's that's okay and you know in, in like mods and stuff like that like i don't think anybody really minds that kind of stuff um i do like um feeling like i'm in the same you know game and you know not jumping from like a to a different feeling game mm all of a sudden but uh you know that's not really like a, a huge deal like i think just to go back to your original point of just you know you know you learn as you go the aesthetic of the game slightly changes as you're going through you're learning new things um we've got different art styles and stuff coming uh to the game which is always fun and just trying to like feel those out within the parameters of the first half and like um it's actually really interesting mm. um, to get um, through so, so um uh we kind of did touch on it with these the that kind of like concept design uh, competitions you got but like do you do you practice the mapping you know level design do you, do you sit down and go i'm going to try this new thing push my you know, outside my boundary do you, do, do you make lots of like dummy map throwaway experiments and stuff like that do you have a or do you sure. just do you just dive in and start making a level that you want to make for proteus and just see how it goes <laughs> well i think there's a little bit of both for sure like i mean if you if you're prototyping ideas out i think that's like one of the only ways to like really flush like some ideas out for an entire level um like back in the day when i was doing half-life stuff i was like oh yeah what if i what if like 
the combine had a, like a little uh, spore pack on, and mm. then he could control the ant lions in the area. So the ant lions would like do what he wanted, and like you could like he could throw a little ball of spores mm. on this car, and an ant lion would appear and then like move the car for him and then go away or whatever. And I had like I made a prototype where that was all working and looking cool, and they would like attack the enemies with him mm. and then return and follow him. And I was like, "Well, this is fun!" Like, and then you could take that prototype and literally make an entire level mm-hmm. out of it. Just okay, we'll have the car part here, or like this building needs to be breached, so then you can see him breaching this building and taking on a lot of like rebels mm. or something. And then like, oh, this part will be cool because he'll do this, and then at some point you'll get close and you can remove his pack, and then the mm. lions will attack him because they're no longer friendly or whatever. And so when you <laughs> when, when you made that. When you started it, were you just like, I'm just going to come up with this cool idea and just see how it works? You didn't, you weren't planning on taking it further initially? Well, I think it, it just depends on like what you're doing at the time. Mm. Like for me, I enjoy doing prototypes and just seeing like where I can take something, like how far I can take it to see if it makes sense. And um, like if somebody could play it, like would it look good and would they mm. understand the concept? Um, so I was doing a lot of like that kind of stuff. I had a blog going on on my personal site just called Prototypes and Polygons mm. where I would put together like little prototypes and just throw them up on there, like little mini games or games and like little scripted stuff. Um, and I would just try and like break down how I would do it and like why I would do it a certain way. Mm. But That's some cool. of those ideas do turn into like full levels or like mechanics that are driven. So for example... Um, I recently made like a minecart thing in Proteus mm. uh, for one of the levels. <laughs> and then I was thinking like I, one day I was just sitting there. It was like late on like a Saturday or something. And um, I was just like, yeah, let me just like, what if, what if this was like a thing that you had to turn on and then you had to like sit behind it because there's a bunch of snipers on this side. And then like you would basically escorting the cart and then things would attack you and you'd have to stay behind the cart mm. and it would create like a certain, pathway so then i started messing with that idea some more and um it kind of evolved and like certain things weren't fun so you cut them but then like i ended up making an entire level out of it that i just finished like <laughs> last week oh, nice, nice. <laughs> and it's a it's a pretty beefy level um but yeah so that that kind of thing can always it just depends on mm. what you're thinking and like what you're feeling at the time <laughs> and um you know if you're quick about it you you block out some really Mm. basic versions of the idea you don't take it to final you just like yeah i threw a bunch of snipers across a ravine Mm. and put a shield up just as a test so the player has to stay behind it Mm -hmm. and just like you know okay let's see how this feels okay this this speed is too fast slow it down Mm. okay let's put some zombies like there's a barrier up ahead so when you crest this barrier all of a sudden zombies start attacking you and now you're trying to like watch out for the zombies and also you have to stay behind the cart Mm. so like there's I just like would constantly iterate on like a bunch of different ideas as fast as I could. And then just whatever stuck or was feeling good, you know, Mm. you keep it. And then like, you know, if you're feeling the level still, just keep working on it and Mm. keep going. I mean, sometimes like if you're sitting down and you have to have a level, it's always good to just prototype some of the core ideas so that you can know if it's going to work well or not. Cause you don't, the last thing you want to do is make a whole map around the single idea that doesn't yes, work at all. Yeah. And I think that's um, um like you, you used the word that I, I had in my brain that whole time was just iterate, iterate, iterating, iterative design. And that's something that I've, comes up a lot in, in these kind of conversations that I have with people is 
working through ideas, a bunch of ideas and, and testing them potentially until like you say one sticks. So interesting. Like I, I hate wasting time. I hate deleting stuff. <laughs> partly, partly because it takes me so long, it. partly because it takes me so fucking long to make the stuff that I make. Like there's a you know, huge amount of time cost. And so I do go through a similar problem. I do it mentally. Like I, I, I think for me that works well. Like I'll be like, I'm always thinking about, what should I do next? Which I like in my work or at the gym. The gym's a good place for me to do to do level design sure. planning. I've had a lot of like really good lightning bolt ideas on the treadmill. Um, <laughs> but when I sit down and start, it's for me. It's like no, I'm going to be productive, and what I'm doing here will contribute materially to the final product. It must, <laughs> and it's this kind of hang up I have. But obviously, you know, a lot of people don't. And I think you know, for the again for the the, the broader. Uh, uh, base of creators like be able to iterate is very important and because your first idea is not normally the best one um, yeah most of the time it's actually not the best one yeah. um i mean there's always like a rare thing where it just works out and you're like whoa that was actually pretty great you're like like great let's <laughs> let's just keep going but i mean so i think i think that just comes down to your style as well and i think it depends on like so like just my background of being in AAA for so mm. long, I'm basically stuck in the mode of working in dev textures first. Yep. And for the longest time, I couldn't get into that mode. Um, and it was kind of detrimental. Like the, one of the reasons why I never finished any of my earlier projects was because they weren't about gameplay. They were just about art. And mm. it was just about making a really pretty art thing. But then once you've made a certain amount of detail for this one room and it looks amazing, you're like, Oh, now I have to do that for a whole level. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, so like, but like, I don't know, like there's a thing, right, where when I build in like dev texture form, um, I am like absolutely okay with just chopping yeah. stuff. Like mm. no questions asked. Like whole section, psh, gone. Yeah. Like I don't even ah, It's care. just dev textures, you know, I can check it out the window. <laughs> yeah, That's I good mean, point, I spend actually. Like, yeah, I'll spend like like 10 minutes or like I'll spend like maybe 30 minutes or 40 minutes making an area like a building with a layout and uh yeah and then just after some play testing people are just not jiving with it and then um I've noticed that like oh this section just detracts from the overall gameplay experience cool yeah no worries cut it like mm. it's gone cuz I and, I uh, I yeah. So, um, dev tech, like I, I've dabbled with them. Okay, I, they just don't work for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's challenging. Like yeah. for you, right? Like a lot of your rooms that are like very cylinder shaped. Mm. Like you could almost, and I think this is just, it just depends on what type of game you're making as well. Um, like for us, like I just stick to like the core flow type mm. stuff, where it's like this is how the player is going to feel and experience this section. So I'll add some of these things. I like a lot of the, the cool decorative stuff doesn't interact with like gameplay experience for me. I think it's also so like because you do a about it. you do a very clear blockout process. Um, mm -hmm. in a lot of your, which I don't, I've tried to do blockouts, and it, again, it just doesn't quite click with me. And it's it's I, I I don't like it's one of those things that I won't recommend to people. But I do get stuck into the fine detailing, and a lot of that is about texture choices. And I particularly with the stuff I'm using for Age of Hell, a lot of the textures they're banded. And they inform patterns. It's like, oh, cool, this texture will look good if it wraps like this right. around the room. And that, right. like, quite often will actually drive the design. So it's kind of a bit of a tail wags the dog process a lot of the time for me. It's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen people, like, pick a texture set and then make a really nice space with it. And I think that's really cool that, like, it's it's very interesting. It's like as if, I don't know. 
it's weird because like when you're thinking when I think about like Bob Ross's style yeah. of painting, right? It's almost as if like they just gave him cobalt red and like or white. Yeah. And we're like, you gotta make a really nice yeah. picture of a of a wine case. <laughs> uh and then that's how you started and you I don't know. It's it's difficult to explain, but like yeah, I think I think one of the things that I like and I don't like about the my process is that one, it keeps me it keeps me focused mm. on just gameplay. Yeah. Like only gameplay. Like, is this sequence fun? Did this did this happen? And then that's it. Like I don't I don't mm. overthink it. Like, okay, cool. This is great. And it also helps me set up my compositions and stuff a lot easier. Um, but otherwise, um, you know, having to go back and then art it up again, I think mm. a lot of people get really I think this is the thing that comes back to the whole just having done it like a whole bunch yeah. is that you look at a gray box and you're like, "Ooh, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people can do like have that moment where they're not sure about uh, what, what this thing that they're building is going to be. But if you have purpose and I think a strong idea from the beginning, mm. it makes it a lot easier. Yep. Like I was telling uh, Josh, and I think maybe this is just a me thing, but like the, like once you've built a level a certain way, the rest of the level to me kind of builds itself mm. based off of certain things that you've done. And I know that can be really tricky um, for like, you know, to, to like visualize. And I, um, and I just think that like, depending on like the player's speed, like their jumping height and all that other stuff, like you should be able to kind of like, kind of work some magic there. But um, I don't think that's for everybody either. And I think that can be, a real challenge. And I think that's just me being like beaten over the head in the industry yeah. for so long. Like you must work this way mm. and you must see the matrix the way, like, <laughs> Oh, you know, like, like when I look at the matrix, right. I don't see blonde redhead. I see gameplay opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I see like sequence. I see like cool scripted moments. <laughs> and like, that's what you're, when you're looking at block out, that's what you have to be able to mm. see past that. And usually, um, you don't really see that until like the art team takes it over. Mm. And the reason why like the industry builds like this too, is that it's so quick to get the block out done and maybe yeah. get some testing. Right. Which and then important, like, very important. Yeah. there's like a team of 30 people who are going to come in and like hand mm. model your, your, you know, your space. And they're going to buffer the, the size of the area a little bit. They're going to set up new compositions and things like that. So a lot of that stuff, um, you know, it becomes important that you can be very fluid in that blockout state. And I think, it's something that I think that's yeah. an important point that you just raised there. Like, there's a like with these AAA setups, and and so, certainly some indie ones as well. Is there's a team? There's not one person making all of the map. It's right. Someone does a blockout, and then yeah, like an art person will come in and pretty it up, and you know, add in like uh, you know, uh, like um like Doom Eternal. A lot of the detailing is done with decals, and I'm very much imagine they had a decal team that just went and made all the stairs look cool and all the pillars look cool after the broad shapes had been built and you yeah. can't do that backwards you can't if you if your team's set up like that you can't have your art team start you have to there is a a clear sequential process block out combat fleshed out you know even if it's just roughly cool we're locking in the space this is the shape that it's going to look yeah. like now we can refine it make it look good do those fine tweaks um uh, and also a lot of the time with these you know producing a new game the gameplay is still being under development like if you're making a doom map the doom combat loops <laughs> been cemented for 20 25 years 
So you don't have to you don't have to go. How does an imp feel? You know how an imp feels in this space. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen a few. (laughs) Whereas you know, Proteus makes a new enemy. Cool. We're gonna like the boss fight. Um, Mm -hmm. you know the the um the 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 harbinger. Yeah, yeah, the harbinger is the one. That that. So you go. Oh, he's a cool enemy. We want to build around him. And like everything, every time you make a space for him to operate in. It's a new space. It's a new concept. We've never done this before. Therefore, you want to get into gameplay quickly. Test that your ideas actually, like you say, are fun. Cool. That this setup works. We like having these shields here. He t- converts these guys in this kind of like you know this cool scripted moment. We're going to have that happen. Cool. That's areas locked in. Go on to the next bit. Now this didn't quite work. We'll change the shape a bit and enemy compositions. Yeah, and for sure. Positioning and cool. That's all fine. And then you can come through and make it all look pretty at the end. Um, yeah, so for sure. I think yeah, there's a different workflows do work better in in different situations. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you can't make a Doom map <laughs> and just, like, be able to, like... I think I think that's, like, the thing about something that's been around for, like, 30 years or whatever, you know, is that um, you should be able to just build your spaces and then fill them in with, like, the enemy archetypes yep. afterwards. Uh, and, like... Because, like, by that time, you probably have a pretty good idea for yep. the for the combat flows and, and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, definitely, like, I've seen, like, people, like, especially with the hotspot stuff now where you can make the textures kind of bend to your will mm. versus like having to make a, a pillar that's exactly 32 yeah. units or like at the base and then whatever. Um, <clears throat> things just change dramatically when you start working with textures like that, for sure. Oh, it's interesting, like watching even in the last year, like you know, Doom has been around for you know, two and a half decades. Even something like GZ Doom, which is you know, the, 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 the advanced engine that's not quite Doom anymore, but Doom adjacent. Even that's been around yeah. for probably 10 years now or something like that. You're still seeing like new, like ra- radical new designs come out even now. And a lot of that comes down to the, the tools. Um, like uh, the, the, the Doom Builder has is still being developed and updated. And I know that you know, sure. Proteus has gone through similar things where there's been new tools added that you get Mike, who works tirelessly behind the scenes. Big shout out to Mike. Um, you know, to give you like, oh, can we, can we, can we, can we get this tool that does this? And he's like, okay, cool. Off he goes and uh, out pops. And it's I so, wish it was that easy. <laughs> yeah, it not quite that easy. I might have, I might have jumped over a few steps there, but um, I think it's important to like, or very cool, like to to look at the tool development and how that then informs level design. Um, and you know, one thing that I, you know, anyone who knows me, I, I'm a big fan of my abstract concepts, and I think that's partly why my workflow is, works for me is. I'm not locked into this room needs to look like a hangar or a garage or an office block or whatever. I can be like, oh, it doesn't matter what it, whether it looks useful at the end of the day. That's not important right. to me. So I can just build weird, wacky shapes, um, lots of curves and, and that kind of stuff. So yeah. like, I've noticed with like Proteus, it does have a lot of like kind of realistic feeling spaces. But does that inform your level design or do you fo- focus on like now we're just gonna go for block out and pure combat um and then just try and make them look like believable used spaces that people once worked in maybe i mean which it's interesting that you bring that up uh like real life like lived in spaces we don't really have any of those in mm. proteus <laughs> we don't really have like we have like unnamed factories mm. you know we have well the the famous like um anybody who's worked on the, the level editor knows that there's a famous like o2 texture and like that's it it's like we have one texture that's got <laughs> o2 written on it in different ways so like every building in the game is literally like the second one or like the second elevator the second floor um but yeah and i mean it's interesting because i think one of the reasons why a lot of things are like name 
not named is 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 mostly because we don't want to be beholden to a certain thing. Like mm-hmm. we don't need to have that like tied to like I don't know um, like Russ's junkyard or yeah. Russ's like hangar. You know, it doesn't have to be exactly that. And to some degree, um, I wish we did do a little bit more of that. And we have started doing some of that in one of the most recent levels. But overall, we try and keep things just pretty like almost abstract. Yep. Like the, the goal was to kind of meet sort of the original feeling of like some of the older retros where like mm. a lot of those spaces didn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like none of them did. Well, like classic um, you know, and- Doom 1's a good example. They'll name like Toxin Refinery and Refining Station and whatever. That don't make sense when you go on them. No, no. <laughs> there's just enough texturing. No, I- like there's a computer here and like a, a thing that looks like maybe it's a pump. And it's like, ah, oh, this feels... Yeah. Yeah. Someone worked here once, yeah. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah why not? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, we definitely wanted to like at least from my perspective, like when we were doing the level design to kind of like bring in that idea of just it still being quite abstract, but still having like a similar feel to something that mm. you would recognize. Um, and I definitely wanted to to continue that. But because um, like even if you start doing the the human stuff mm. where you start putting in somebody's like bookshelf or whatever, that get everything gets shrunk down yes. yep. in scale. And then it becomes... Um, most of the time, not really great gameplay space. But, yeah, well, I know, hundred hundred percent agree. Like, I'm pretty firmly of the opinion is that the more realistic you try and make your spaces, the harder it is to make fun combat. It's not fun. Absolutely, you know, forty office cubicles aren't fun to fight in. No, <laughs> um, no, but it definitely will look like an office. Exactly, point, exactly. You know, and congratulations. Um, you know, I'm thinking like uh, I think it's uh, Marksman uh, Dragonfly's map. Like, it, it's there's a lot of crates, and it feels like a bit of a processing facility, and there's like a train and stuff. But if you actually think about it, no one's going to build a processing facility up all these different levels. How do you move no. crates up? That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst place to build, build a storage facility. Um, but there's just enough of that detailing, and, and a lot of it comes down to texture usage. Um, and it's like, okay, it feels like some sort of plant. And I think, you know, if you can just cross that line into like with Proteus, because there is a bit of a plot, you know, there's, there's, um, clear kind of antagonist and protagonist forces. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, kind of like the original Doom. You just, just need to cross that line just enough to make spaces. Yeah. This like feels like a place where someone once did something, but now I'm fighting zombies. Um, you yeah. know, uh, you know, there's these buttons feel like they were originally meant to do things. There's bridges and, you know, things that look like they need to be processed and um you know things that maybe maybe won't make oxygen i don't know but there's got a big pump on it um yeah (laughs) lots of pumping going on in these worlds the uh yeah and when we go to like the proteus universe stuff too that's gonna feel even more departed from Mm. like normal normal spaces looking looking forward to that uh, which is gonna be great Yeah. Yeah, yeah i mean there's just so much of that too like i don't know there's there's like a time and a place to do the more personalized stuff but I think it's in generally speaking, like when I look at how fast our game moves and stuff, like there's not really any time to stop and like mm-hmm. smell the roses to yep. some degree. So like I try and we try and design our spaces around the concept of smooth, buttery, like mm-hmm. movement and just and just Good go, flow. go, go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, I mean, there's not like there's not not a space for it for sure. Um, well, I just like, think that like, yeah, um, like uh Two games that I do like to go back to is always Dusk and Medieval because what they came out at the same time and they were kind of at the front runner of, of this this wave of new new games and they're both fun in their own right. Like, and Medieval goes hard into that abstract design, like everything is just weird and wacky and wild. Um, yeah. like, these different, like you know, kind of like quake all these different realms with these different styles, different themes. They don't really make yeah. sense. 
they just look cool and they're fun to play in. And then you look at yeah. Dusk, and they have done all that small stuff. Like even later on, there's that map where they've got all the um, all the upside down stuff. There's houses yeah. with like paintings in it, and it feels like this is someone's like it's. I really I haven't really thought about it that much up until now, but contrasting that, Dusk does dive into that those small touches really well, and not to the yeah. not to the detriment of their ability to go abstract and, and build weird places and go for cool gameplay concepts. Um, yeah, yeah, that's. Um, there's definitely like a version um like i've seen it in like a bunch of the community maps where it it can work um it's just like a lot of extra work (laughs) yeah oh yeah (laughs) once we start to like get into like some of that like finer detail stuff it's like it's fun because essentially it's it's somewhere where like the heart of the game can kind of live as well um not just in some random Mm, gives it a bit like of personality, the, yeah. You know, we, we gives call it, it a little bit more heart. Yeah, uh, we call it Doom Cute, uh, and the Doom, Doom mapping. Cute. Doom Cute, like when people do their little, like, so one of my friends made a sector screwdriver. <laughs> it looks really good. It's like the time it would take takes to do these like little. I, I always admire people's patience for that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, the, oh, the, the sure. official term uh, in Doom mapping uh, circles is Doom Cute because yeah, it's, it's always looks cute. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, and um, yeah, some of the um, some of the workshop stuff. So we we recently updated our level editor with a structure or like what we call prefabs. Uh, we call them structures in our game. Um, we have like a little up like browser now where you can you can upload those things. Like somebody made like some candles um, that that work, and you they literally just uploaded them to the workshop, and now you can just drag them into your level. Oh, that's and awesome! Put a bunch of candles around, so and, like a community um, prefab because you can do prefabs and mini editors. But yeah, like that's a really good idea actually. Like having a community asset store essentially. Like hey, I made this thing, and like now you guys can use it too. Yeah, yeah. somebody put in idea. like some. Because we did the the elevator thing recently, um, just grabbing people's like elevator. Somebody Ooh. made a really cool like mini ship thing with like some cool tanks underneath it that was like flying. Um, just really cool stuff. And That's you just want to like you just want to like like if we weren't working on the main campaign stuff at this point, like I, I would be making levels with stuff. Yeah, and it's like it's super helpful too because if you don't know how to make something, mm. you can just you can explode the 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 structure and mm. then see all the scripting functions and stuff and how they did it. Um, so it, it becomes idea. really, really quite cool. No, that's really cool. And I think that'll that, that'll you know uh, it does feel like that the community stuff is definitely going to be a big part of Proteus uh, going forward and like having that kind of resource there for people. And like you say, not necessarily the most skilled or new to the editor, and they want to put something cool in that. Well, they can't just go grab it and, go, bang, and put the cool those yeah. cool detail things. And focus on you know making an, an actual level, uh, and then as you say, they can retro engineer and break it apart and figure out you know learn from these finished products because um, I think yeah, that's a lot sure. of that's um that's an important part of you know new, new mapping. It's like how do I do this? Oh, let's go see find someone who's done it before and learn from them. Right. Um, I think that's, that's one of the great things of, too about our community is that everybody's so quick to to share their mm-hmm. their map files with everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, how did you build this? Oh, here, check out my level. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, like a, some of the. Um, contest winners actually did that too they'll like post their their map files for everybody to kind of check out and stuff and it's uh it's really just like a great booster to the community as well just to be able to look at how somebody um made something and, oh, it, um, and like oh it definitely feels like yeah you know, with produce you've managed to tap into the best parts of of a of a mapping dev kind of community atmosphere um and you know there's obviously other ones that you know other communities that it was built off but i think it's really great how you know both the fans have, have gone 
you know, dove, dove head first to it. But I think it's a lot of it's because they get huge amounts of support from you guys, from the dev team. Um, you know, it's sure. obviously really important. You know, like we mentioned last time, the editor actually shipped with the alpha build, um, which is unheard of. <laughs> it's you know, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, in, in such I a mean, cool we way. were like, you know, we were working in it every day. So it was at that, like, it was basically at a point where, yeah, I mean, if someone's going to use it, mm-hmm. I think the only thing is, so like, you know, we've touched based on this before, but the idea that like if you're building a level editor while you're building a game, like and you were saying like how that like the tools reflect how you build the architecture and stuff mm-hmm. like for the longest time. Right. Of just we didn't have the ability to rotate stuff. We didn't have the ability to copy paste or like um, like because my mapping style. No <laughs> like, every door that I made, like an excavation, which was like one of the like the sixth level mm. or something was the first map that I made. And. I had to like hand script like 18 doors or something like that. And then it was like, oh, you know what? We just started figuring out like what makes good pro sauce. Like, cool, like, all right, I'll go and I'll hook them all up, different, you know, with the new effect. And, um, and because there's no rotation, some doors have to be built again, but on like the 45. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that sounds painful. <laughs> yeah, it was the, I think we didn't have an undo feature either. So if you, if you mess something up, <laughs> yeah there's was, was like a lot like but like i'm used to that kind of stuff so like it was easy for me to adjust to mm. like okay this is just gonna be tough for a while yeah, yeah, yeah. and um we're every every once in a while we're like in in design chat and like somebody goes wouldn't it be great if you could just add this like thing that like only i want and like <laughs> and, like everybody's like everybody's like kind of like looks at them you know and i'm just like you guys have no idea <laughs> like, they're just like you guys came in after the tools were great like yeah. <laughs> like I, I really want to um kids these days have it so easy you know shake your cane at them yeah there's a little <laughs> bit of that right like i still have some really old builds of the game from like like around the Kickstarter time. Mm. Um, and I really just want to send that build to like a bunch of the mappers and be like, make a map. Yeah, yeah. Quit, <laughs> quit your bitching. Yeah. It's yeah. funny because um, <laughs> the earliest editor that I use is one called Deep Sea, which is legendary for its jankiness. And um, I actually went on the speed maps that we comps we did. I went back and used that as a joke. Holy fuck, it was so painful. Like, you don't know, like, at the time, I was like, oh, this is great. And you go back and you're like, how did I use this for so long? <laughs> it's so painful. I love it. It's so great. Yeah, yeah even, like, the, the editor for um, Payday 2 was a really, really old um, Ghost Recon editor that they just happened to have. And, um, yeah, that thing, it's just, it's so old. And, and just the way that everything works, it's just, it felt like... Yeah, it was like wow. I couldn't couldn't believe that people still use this, this mm. these types of editors to make games. And um, I'm so used to using like in my career just using Unreal Three, and then mm. um, Unreal Four came out just as I went to Payday. But that would have been really nice to work on as well. I I, I love the idea of working in Unreal Four. Mm, you can make some um, nice stuff. The scripting sure. in that is just so so good. Mm. Um, I don't know. There's just so much. But to be honest with you, so. We've gotten our level editor to like this certain point. You can now import and export OBJ files. So mm. like you could import, I don't know, I think Josh Josh like did a test where like he like imported the actual like Super Mario 64 level <laughs> or something and like retextured it. Fantastic. And I was and I was just like, whoa, that looks pretty good. <laughs> See, um, it'll be interesting and like this is something that I'll be, <laughs> you know, keeping an eye on is um uh out of interest, but if the Proteus editor can end up like 
Ultimate Doom Builder where you start making essentially other games with it, like you know, same kind of core coding of Proteus, but sure. new textures, new resources, new monsters, you know, change the actual um, assets completely. So, it, um, yeah, you're playing with the same base mechanics, but with a whole new set of assets. And I think sure. if, if it can get to that level, and it sounds like it's kind of heading that way, um, that would really open up just like a whole massive world of possibilities and you know the creativity yeah. out there and you just, yeah, it must be quite exciting like Ooh, I wonder what people are going to do with this uh, <laughs> I mean I really yeah I mean honestly that's sort of the idea in the end right is to have it at such a point where people will be able to do that kind of stuff and I mean it's going to be a lot more work on Mike I don't <clears> think I don't think that kind of like accessibility will be there for 1.0 but no. shortly after that you know Mike will switch gears and, and probably do some of that um, but like me personally I think it's fant- I've never been able to have like my own tools it's like mm. this is the game these are the tools that we own that we've made these are our things um, and like all the other stuff like the infrastructure for the workshop um, the browser downloading all that kind of like rating systems and everything like that's all done. That was all done by Mike, you know. Mm, um, so it's like impressive. we we're not beholden to like any kind of like weird third party mm. plug and play system or anything like that. So I think the future is is quite interesting if um, if we keep at it. And I I think the the idea of just like I don't know. I could just I can see a future where like a group of people have made like a game with mm. the level editor or whatever and been like, Hey, we'd like to pitch this. And it'd mm. be like, Oh cool. Like either like as a like map pack for Proteus or like, Oh, it, like this would be like amazing to, we would like to have our own game and mm. you know, we could work something out. You know, I, I honestly just think that that kind of thing is just inevitable mm. to happen, but also I'm just excited to like, I would be absolutely okay with just using the Proteus editor mm. for like more and more and more yeah, of my yeah. career. Oh, like be- it's just it's at this point where like like it's pretty hands off from Mike at this point. Like I I could literally just keep making Proteus mm-hmm. levels like in its current state. Um, well, there's been so much you know so much time and care put into it. It would be a shame to have it as a a one and done. Make one game, move on. You know, it's, it's a, you know it's a very 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 good tool. Um, and yeah, you know, like when you say about the potential of someone to create some new IP for Proteus, like in an official capacity. That's kind of what happened with Doom. With Final Doom was not made by the ID team. But it is, mm-hmm. you know, ingrained into that IWOD set. You know, TNT and Plutonia. People don't think of them as lesser or not Doom because they were made by not John. You know, people other than ID Games. So. <laughs> not John Romero. Not John Romero. Yeah. <laughs> Weak. <laughs> um, you know, all that all that kind of stuff can only extend longevity of a of a product. And um, you know, I think it's fantastic that you guys are, uh, you know quite into that concept uh, it's great yeah i mean i honestly like yeah i mean it's just one of those things i mean maybe one day i'll i'll get tired of it i don't know how, how <laughs> you know like i mean there's always like a future but like people that you know really get sunk into these things and like i really love the tools like they're really for me they're just really they're really nice mm. like i don't have to use the it's the perfect balance between like hammer and some kind of 3D editor because you don't need 2D viewports because mm. we have this like really nice crosshair tool, yellow line thing that goes on. And it just, everything feels real nice to me right now. It's like at this really sweet spot where it's super stable. Mm. Like 
just before early access, like there were so many things that were breaking. It's like, oh, today I can't do this. Like, or you know, and, yeah. but now it's like it's super streamlined, it's super stable. Um, the draw tool feels great. Like, I mean, I just, yeah, I don't know. I'm loving it right now. Mm. It's it's great. No, it's like uh, uh, definitely fairly when you say talk about stability, like um, it's you know, good as something like Ultimate Doom Builder. It's definitely builds that have come out and like it just all crash every ten minutes. It's like. I can't do anything. <laughs> Boris! Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fix one bug and another one pops up. And it's just, you know, actually on Saturday there was a new era that popped up. And then, yeah, like reports of crashing, like just selecting a sector. It's like, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. big shout out to I mean, the I mean, Do you remember that? Like, uh, like back in when, when Half-Life was, um, some they were ep- updating the, the hammer editor every once in a while. And like, I, essentially i think they broke the ability to like compile maps or like open levels or something like that and even now if you want to go back and like like open up a half-life level or like a portal level or something you have to like find somebody's custom version of the editor to like open uh your valve stuff now it's just uh it's just like one of those things that like over time you know it just uh it just kind of like slowly crumbles mm. if somebody isn't like constantly on it. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, uh, so, um, uh, one kind of final, I think, you know, playing question that I had, because um, I think this, this uh, is always an interesting one to ask, um, you know, people who, who know their trade. Um, is there like one other FPS game that you look at and you just think, holy shit, they did everything right? Like, is there one that you turn to as kind of like the, the, the gold standard for good design? Um, uh, that you know is stuck with you. Ooh, that's hard. Not a lot of first-person shooters, <laughs> like really reach that, really reach that mark. I mean, some of them do like some really good stuff, like Half-Life with their storytelling mm. and the way that they would do it in game. But their combat was really bad. Yeah, and, <laughs> I agree there. <laughs> uh, you know, and then there's like, then there's like, I don't know that you get these other games that are just really great with their combat, but like they don't have any story. Mm-hmm. And like, it's hard to say me personally for a game that, that does everything right. Um, but there's definitely like a lot of other types of games that I would look at, like third person type games, um, games like Bloodborne, for example, mm. that are like, they feel very pure. Um, something as recent as uh, Valheim. Mm, uh, I've heard good things about that. I've heard very good things um, about that. That's like a really pure game at its core. Like everything always stays important. And mm. I think that's that's something that's really that that's really difficult to do without like a really strong design sense is that like you know like a Goomba can always mm. take Mario down a level and mm. like while they're like the lowest tier character but they're always still relevant in yeah. some way. Whereas like in Valheim it's the same way like you can lose all of your clothes and you go back and now a level one board mm. can like destroy you unless you're like on your game. And I, I really love that purity of the design process in there and that like everything has its own usage. It's not like you can use two staplers to create an eyeball mm. and like, you know, like some kind of like, and then this thing over here also creates an eyeball. So <laughs> it's just these two staplers create an eyeball and this thing creates something else. So there's like a purity to like, if we need a certain thing, we have to go to a certain place to get it. Mm. I think um, um, like the ability for a game to make sure things don't feel obsolete (laughs) is is a really tough one. And like you say, things always feel relevant. And I can think of a few examples, like I think Skyrim does that pretty well. 
Um, you, mm-hmm. You'll outlevel stuff, and you know at some point, in a, you know the the combat does get very uh, meandering and easy uh, once you uh, get. But almost all mechanics that you discover are still useful, like crafting and enchanting, and all areas Absolutely. are still worth going back to and harvesting stuff. And um, and um, one, the probably for me, the FPS example, um, and I do harp on about it a lot, but it's fear, um, and I, mm-hmm. I, I play it about every three months. I go and go and play fear again, and. Just the combination of the story, the way it's presented, just the, the, the visuals, the combat is so on point. Similar kind of thing. All the guns are fun and useful to use. You can use the pistol all the way through if you want, if that's if that mm-hmm. so tickles you. Um, I just think they did a really good job of, yeah, making everything <laughs> feel relevant all the whole time. And, you know, enemies are always scary. They can always kill you. Um, and, um, yeah, their level design, I think, was really on point. Uh, the, only, the only black market gets is those fucking turrets. <laughs> um, turrets are bad in FPS games. I've never seen them done well. <laughs> it's, it is, it's interesting, though, because, I mean, there's so many games that I did grow up loving. Like, Red Faction does a really great That's job of, yeah. it's like, fun. decent combat, really nice weapons. Um, Blow they everything explored up. A new, <laughs> yeah, they explored some new, um, you know, territory as well. And, I mean, it's... There's just so many examples of things like that that you can take from different types of genres. Um, the stealth genre is something that I really enjoy working on. Um, but also, like, when I come across a like, really good stealth game, um, it's always fun to, like, see what their take on it. Like, Dishonored games are really good um, for that. Like, Dishonored's games are, um, like, good for telling story. Mm-hmm. They're good for... A pretty decent combat and like letting the player like enjoy their own uh, way of telling like you know through the mechanics of the game and the way that they move and stuff like that mm-hmm. they can tell their own story you know it doesn't have to be like oh I came down the hallway and shot this guy with the shotgun and that was it um, mm-hmm. there's always like something to be something to be had there um, so I don't know there's just there's just so many examples of that I don't really particularly have like one game that I put like on like a super high pedestal right, right. though um, too definitely like <laughs> taking as many as many like really awesome and like fun ideas from like mm. a bunch of different <clears throat> genres and stuff um, it's always it's always like, I, a really uh, nice thing to do I do appreciate it when you know a game tries to be ambitious with new ideas and maybe doesn't quite pull it off you know don't don't nail it but you know kind of try and pave new ground and and, and be uh, adventurous um yeah i'm always uh you know admire devs that can do that and you know put themselves out there. here's something a bit different guys might not like it let's see sure how, let's see how it goes um and like actually a game that i was surprised at how because I've actually just gone back and replayed it, which is uh, Doom Eternal, um, you know, an, an old IP that's been around for a very long time. Um, and <laughs> has a very vocal fan base. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think they actually really nailed, um, you know, a game that felt new and exciting, you know, really fast-paced, genuinely difficult on the higher difficulties, which is rare in a, mm. in a single-player FPS. Um, and just really fun to play through. And, yeah, going back to it, uh, it's like no, this is this is a really good game, and um, uh, I, you know, I think that's that's not an easy thing to do is to you know take something that is so beloved by a very you know large group of people and go, here's another one. It's a bit different. Hopefully, like because you know, you look at Doom Three, which was largely, well, I mean not largely, but definitely there was a vo- definitely a vocal minority that didn't like it. Um, yeah, which I mean, I, you can't go from Doom One and Two and then like I, there was definitely like a part of the industry that. Yeah, when it was like, let's try and reimagine mm. things differently. 
and that ruined a lot of IPs. <laughs> yeah, because I actually really liked I actually really liked Doom Three because I, and that was when similar time to when Fear came out and that action horror like scary game but still an action FPS. You know, you're not it's not survival horror. I think Doom right. Three did it pretty well. It's a little bit slow, um, and it it hasn't stood up as well long term. Um, uh, and there was definitely a lot of you know, flaws in, in the gameplay design, I think. But it, it, when it came out, I was like, "This is still Doom. This is great. I love it. <laughs> new Doom. New Doom right. IT. Awesome." And then, but yeah, yeah, there was a lot of people that weren't very happy with it. Um, no, uh, because well, it I think that like what they've done, what they've done will eventually stand up, though, because um, they tried something new, and I think a lot of games are going in that direction. Like the like a lot of the competitive games that you play now, like Apex and stuff like that. Um, a lot of those feed back into like the core loops of like what Doom Eternal is too. Like mm. like when you play Doom Eternal, it feels like you're stressed out. You're like really trying hard. Very like stressful. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> like I mean, I actually thought that. Like me personally, I think it's an evolution of the of the space. Um, I think it's really cool. I mean, it's not for everyone. It's actually quite difficult. So if you're looking for something chill, yes. you know, like, you're more yeah. likely to play, uh, like the two, uh, 2016 version yes. which is still really good i still like it i think it's i think it's fantastic oh the 26 uh, the only, my only criticism is that it gets too easy later on uh like, like they got the, mm-hmm. the difficulty curve off out of whack but as a game like in terms of the environmental storytelling and and sure. character presentations like the doom guy's just pissed <laughs> he's just angry <laughs> none of those like big i really like that you know big grand story arc that you know particularly an expansion packs doom eternal got into a bit too much i think um like it's it's quite simple and, and i think that's why doom 16 feels very true to the originals it's it's it, they didn't layer too much over over the the base concept there's a doom guy he's angry there's demons let's go kill them um right and yeah a lot of levels like yeah it, it, uh, doom 16 is a good one to go back to actually because it does it does stand up really well and i think it, you know in hindsight you can appreciate how just how good a job id did right. particularly after the semi debacle that was doom 3 is like okay that's not fucking up this time. And they didn't. They fucking knocked it out of the park. And I remember really vividly that first scene where you get out of the coffin and you punch up the, you know, you, you shoot the, the, the possessed around you. And then you um, uh, go into that lift and you slam the control panel into the wall and then the music kicks in. And it's like, this is going to be yeah. good. <laughs> like, this is, this is what the game should be about. Like, and like, they really, they really cut. Like, I think the, the remake of it was just so fantastic. Uh, um, yeah, I really liked it. It mm. was it was some solid stuff. I just remember just um, having the biggest grin on my face. Going through that <laughs> scene. So, well, it was good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's so interesting too because like, like we're you know we're always looking for references and stuff like that, and um, and I've been looking at a lot of Halo stuff recently, and it's funny how like Halo in Doom 2016 share like a very close uh, look. Uh, in terms of like some of the geometry and stuff like that, um, but like it's like Doom 2016 ended up being like Halo, but in hell. Mm. <laughs> it was uh, it was kind of like really interesting to see all that uh, how that kind of played out. But yeah, um, no, I think uh, I think it's I think it's fantastic. Mm. I have a few questions for you too, which is like so you know you're you're in the process of of you know making your your project you know and you you're a little ways out and one of your um one of your guys came into uh our chat recently and was like showing us all this really cool stuff that you guys are doing um is there a point where you know that like okay my project's done or is there like an open-ended 
ness to it where like you're just you're just kind of letting things come in as they come in or do you have like a a specific like let's do a first episode let's do a second episode like how are you tackling it right now and internally uh so there is a pretty clear uh roadmap around that kind of thing so there's going to be three volumes of two episodes each um numbers of level for each one is a little bit fluid like depending on how many guest members we can get in for each each episode um Mm -hmm. So current goal is, you know, first two episodes, get that all bundled up. Um, well, first of the demo, which we're very close to being able to release. Um, and, oh, nice. Yeah, so that, that, that will be dropping, uh, hopefully, certainly in terms of getting some internal testing done um, and uh, opening up to the Patreon supporters. Uh, that will be happening uh, beyond the next month, I reckon. Oh, right. You yeah. do have a, a Patreon. How's that? I mean, that's that must be really nice to be able to get some support mm. from people as well for the first time. I mean, yeah. I, I know we, we, we talked about this before where it's like, you know, just give people the ability to help out, you know, exactly. by doing like, you know, by giving back at Patreon, you know, how many times I've told Jimmy to like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a huge, like, you know, nerds have big hearts, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and I think it's great. It's, you know, for a long time, people have said, you know, have said, you know, hell, I want to, I want to buy it. So the game will always be free. And, you know, that, yeah. that's something that's not going to change. There's a bunch of reasons for that. So that that's not going to change, but giving people the ability to help us and like, you know, you know, this mean that we can commission more music, get some art promo done, and that kind of stuff, and make it a better product. And then, you know, that will then become a springboard into an actual commercial development, you know, down the track. But yeah, as far as as, as the base game goes, um, yeah, we do have I do have a very clear idea of the packaging for each of the episodes, and there will be six, and there's a story arc, and there will be a a, a final. This is the end. You you, you fight, fight fight the final thing. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll start dripping out that kind of imagery, start hinting at, uh, how, what's going to happen throughout the, the, this play and things might change. You know, this is a long, definitely a long development arc, you know, we're talking years, um, yeah, sure. to, to get through it all. Um, but we're, we're at a point where kind of all of the core assets are done now. We've got all our weapons largely finalized, a little bit of sound tweaks. Mm-hmm. We've got all the alt fires implemented. We've got all the enemies made. Um, there's a few bosses left, uh. But some pieces here and there to, to, to finish off, but that core asset bundle is done. So now we can, you know, as a mapping team, because I haven't been really driving that super hard over the last year mm-hmm. or so because assets were finished, it's kind of hard to tell people, go work with what? Uh, I don't know. Just go do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and because I knew where those assets were heading, I could do stuff. Like I could build a map and think, okay, I know how this is going to kind of work because I've, you know, driving what these assets will help them drive what these assets are going to be. But as sure. a, you know, someone who's just coming in to make a, a single map, you want to be able to give them, here's your, here's your toys. Um, right. So yeah, that was a good, that was a good milestone. We got there kind of late last year and um, uh, that's what's triggered, you know, the demo development. Um, uh, for Do you that. find that the, that you mentioned like a lot of the assets coming online kind of late and stuff or recently, is that when you're, when you're talking about, that are you referring to like materials like textures for the levels no so um, we were talking about how the texture sets really drive the like how a level gets built for you guys no we've Um, had we've had that that... we've had the texture set pretty defined so we're using otex um as Mm -hmm. a base um which is very very nice so fortunately that kind of resource was easy to get hold of and and start and that's why i could make progress but it was not actual actual bestiary and and armory you know the core elements for your gameplay, those right. weren't fleshed out. And the weapons in particular took a bit of time to make. Um, and, you know, 
that made it hard to because the a lot of the monsters are fairly analogous with the base doom monsters so you can kind of like well these guys are kind of like barons these guys are kind of like cyber demons so right. we can, you can roughly flesh out a fight concept in that in that kind of regard but then like sure. the weapon set wasn't set and we've got alt fires and, and a, a bunch of new mechanics and, and and that that really does impact how things play um but uh you know this year is the first time i've actually been able to finish maps and give them to people to test and start mm. getting that feedback coming back in, which has been great. And you know, nice. the general consensus is like, yep, this is feeling pretty good. Um, nice. There's always things to tweak, but you know, it's getting that first wave of feedback was you know, a little bit nerve-wracking. <laughs> it's like, uh, are we actually uh, making something good? Because I've had my head buried in it for so long. You know, you, you love what yeah. you're working on. It's like, let's get some outside input. It was really interesting watching, um, I think it was Ball, play through it. He Because he's going to make a map for one of the later episodes. And... Mm-hmm completely unused to anything never played it never touched a weapon and just watching him try and figure things out was really mm-hmm. eye-opening it's like how well nice. do we need to like provide some tutorial kind of stuff you know read me files how can we telegraph this better and like watching someone go through for their first time you know he didn't realize what the alt fires were and he <laughs> and well there was a power-up that gives you um like um it's a principle like our equivalent of the berserk sphere makes your hammer really mm-hmm. powerful he thought it was an, a bomb he didn't want to touch it <laughs> like that's a good thing you need to go grab that so that kind of conveyance it was really fun to watch and it's like hmm we should change that asset to make it clearer that it's a good thing that you got yeah. to go pick up and i just didn't think yeah there's some we had a that. lot of that too actually <laughs> i mean we still have that i think uh, a lot of people who pick up the 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 normal shotgun for the first time think it's like an assault rifle or mm. they're like oh is that an assault rifle and it really comes down to the look of the gun but we definitely had some of that too, where like people didn't uh, understand what like uh, health or armor was, mm. and something that I knew we were gonna have to get really early on was just like that little message thing in the corner that just explicitly told you like what something yeah, was. Yeah. It's like you picked so up one of these. Like, yeah, yeah, it just onboards you so quick to the concepts and um, just kind of gets it out of your way. It's not something that I normally like to do. But I think for us, it was like it was really obvious, like especially if somebody just only plays the community mm. content for whatever reason. Um, we've had a few people like that who mm. who've like started the game, but like didn't didn't play it, just wanted to play the community stuff because they want to wait for like the full release of the game. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so being able to have like some of those things be there. The alt fires thing for us, though, is like the biggest thing mm. was up until very recently when Mike did. He reworked all the reticles right. uh, for the guns. So they have a dynamic version, but you know, for other people who want smaller, like you could get like a tiny cross crosshair type thing. But a lot of the crosshairs in the game showcase what the alt fires do. So like if you switch to an alt fire, you can actually see like the reticle actually like uh, behaves differently and lets you understand like, oh, it's charging on the reticle. Yeah, so like that makes sense. We have a charge mechanic as well. Like as you kill things, you have this little little gem that fills up. And different alt fires use different amounts of the gem power, and like trying to telegraph that for the first time to someone is a tricky is a tricky one because you don't want to be too on the nose. Like here is the gem; it's big and bright and shiny. Ah, oh, it's very distracting. Yeah, trying to find that balance between your yeah, clear telegraphing but not distraction, which again, right. Doom Eternal did quite well. Um, I think like in terms of because there's a shitload of like cooldown mechanics, you know, the flame belch and the ice bomb and the grenades sure. and all that kind of stuff, and you know, their HUD could have ended up a very messy hard but I, I think they did really sure. well conveying like little little small things and we, we are drawing a lot from this is like when your dash refills there's this little blip, little sound 
yeah, just the right volume, you know. just real subtle, but but audible, cuts through the music, yeah. and and you know all those kinds of things. You can you get those little cues. Um, so trying to you know we we're looking at a lot of that kind of stuff and trying to fold that into into what we're making. Um, uh, yeah, so. Um, you got any more? You got any more more questions for for HL before we move on to audience? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we could we could jump into uh, some of the some yep. of the questions <laughs> here. I'm seeing some on the side here. So let me see. Uh, will there be deathmatch in Proteus? Yes. I think Next that'll question. be fun. Yeah, deathmatch in Proteus. <laughs> I think will be very very fun. Um, Actually, Mike's in the in the most recent uh, update that Mike put out um, in the testing branch. He started getting he's gearing it up for the multiplayer stuff to come in um so a lot of the a lot of the level editor functions and stuff like that now should be able to pass through um a connection so like if you press a button over there it should relay back to the core system Mm. that that button was pressed so we're starting to get that stuff in um definitely want to get a lot of testing for co-op and multiplayer done co-op will be good because co-op is a rarity these days in fps games and uh, it's so much fun. And like, this, again, it's one of those things that's made Doom last as well as it has is co-op and deathmatch. Um, but in yeah. particular, co-op. I'm really excited for co-op Proteus. I think it's going to be, um, you know, a lot of fun. Um, particularly, with- yeah, it should be pretty good. I mean, I'm excited about it. I mean, there's some like really simple things that we want to do too that can just help other people convert their maps to co-op as well. And um, so I don't know. We're, I'm excited just to see where that that gets to. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, multiplayer deathmatch style stuff. Um, have a lot of plans on taking um, like a lot of the the maps that we kind of built uh, for the single player campaign have like deathmatchy sets of stuff in them. So we want to like try and like pull a lot of fun mm. areas from those maps to use for different different types and mm. stuff. That's great. Yeah, so that'd so be fun. You can pull out like a key arena and then like build a few go. Like, Slap a few extra corridors and stuff around the outside. And yeah, bang, deathmatch map. Um, yeah, <laughs> and done. done. Um, <laughs> Let's see. What is the driving force behind how fluid the online user content experience was? It's one of the most seamless implementations I've ever seen. How did you come about that? Um, Mike's just a brilliant genius. <laughs> no, like <laughs> I think in a lot of the ways, you know, he's seen from other games and like their content and stuff like that online. Like you can look at The Sims, for example. Um, like games like Super Mario Maker, um, these types of games where the levels are really tiny text files that can just be loaded through mm. a reader or something like that that's built into the content. And it just makes it just makes um, the editor experience really fluid. It also makes it uh, really nice for the workshop and just being able to like the other day, I was having somebody test one of my new maps and I forgot I put the like give all weapons thing in there. Like I have a prefab that gives me all the weapons. And uh, I was like, oh yeah, just give me a second. And I just went to the editor, removed it, hit upload and was like, all right, hit restart. And then they they started it again. And it was like, it was like done. Uh, I I've never had that in my career before with a, with a first person shooter. So being able to do that and being able to get testing done and like, that whole fluid process is just so important to like the game at its core. And mm. it's going to work on um, any of the platforms that we, that we release in the future. Um, it'll all work the same. Oh, it's, on an, all of those it's an amazing well. interface. Like what you guys have made there, like you know, the back end work on that is, uh, yeah, that's no, definitely one of the best systems out there in terms of, yeah, having like, exactly like that example, that instant upload, hit that restart yeah, button, bang, fixed. 
you know? I love it. Uh, I yeah. absolutely it's nothing love it. I frust- it. frustrating when you give a like a map to someone to test and it's got some level breaking thing that you forgot to fix. Oh, I can't play it. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, fix it. Re-upload compile. it. Compile. Yeah, Put yeah, it on Dropbox. Compile it for like 30 yeah, minutes yeah, and yeah. then got to re-upload that to like, you know, fileshare.org. <laughs> exactly, <whatever> exactly. <laughs> um, and like just having that flow so much quicker must, yeah, just take all the stress out of it and you can get... Oh, it absolutely Get that does. feedback it that much faster. It makes you lazy, though, yeah. for sure. You're just like, yeah, whatever, just test with the, oh, I forgot to add a doorway here. Okay, let, me just, let me just do that real quick. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's great. That was good times. Um, let me see. Uh, Arlene. Hey, Arlene, what's up? Uh, what do you recommend people work on if they plan to get into professional level design, EE, certain engines, workflow habits, etc. if that wasn't already talked about? Um, honestly, my personal, my personal preference on this is build work on whatever you want because i think at the end of the day if you're making levels and you want to make levels for a game um i think your style and your in your like your layout like ability to build layouts is going to come out regardless if you want it to or not like um i do think that it's important but like generally speaking i would also say that you should build levels for the type of game that you want to work on so let's say dishonored you want to go work at arcane or something like that um making a dishonored type level and doom might be difficult um but maybe picking up like half-life 2's editor would make it a little easier um mm-hmm. to like test that out or um i have a hard time recommending engines like unity and unreal um for level creation because you have to make you have to have a, a game to make something for. And I, I would recommend that highly versus trying to make your own thing from scratch and mm. then build a level for it because that's going to come off not so great. Yeah, I think, um, um, you know, there's so many different I, you know, games that you can work off. You can work off Doom, you can work off Half-Life, you can work off whatever, you know, that you can find something that's analogous enough to the kind of stuff you like. And, you know, for me, enjoying big epic slaughter fights and lots of demons and stuff will do this perfect obviously <laughs> there's going to be some limitations if you know re- remaking such things in unity or ub4 or whatever you know you can't have thousands of enemies but you can still i can still develop like you say you can still develop your your level design tropes and get the hang of gameplay flow and learn those good core um concepts and regardless of what the game actually is um, yeah, for sure. And yeah, definitely working with an existing asset set that takes so much hassle out of everything. Like, um, you know, if you want to learn Unity, you'll either have to go to the, the Unity store and buy stuff or um, get someone to make you stuff <laughs> that you can use. Right. That, that's going to stilt your uh, your learning experience a lot. And yeah, um, yeah I definitely uh, agree with like, make what you like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, if you have like a, like, your, like I said, like your level design skills and your ability to set up something and showcase it and like your ability to showcase your combat knowledge and, and like your scripting, um, whatever, like all of that can come off and any, anything that you do, you know, you can make it, you know, you can shine the way you would normally shine. Mm. Um, I mean, it's the same thing like when I worked on Payday, it's the same thing when I worked with like a different editor, like um, it's just every everything that you get, you just have to know the limitations of the editor that you're working Mm. with and work around them. But ultimately you definitely want to try and make something for like, if you're, if you're trying to apply to work on the next doom, you know, um, making a doom style level that is close feeling to like the actual game is going to get you brownie points versus, you know, 
Um, if you're trying to apply for like, a, if you want to work on the next Hitman mm-hmm. series, which is like stealth and has a bunch of like Doom levels might not be the best to showcase your ability to translate yeah. to that. Especially if you're a junior, um, a lot of those, a lot of times, like if you're not like, yeah, you just need to like showcase your abilities and your skills really well. Well, I will um, say like, um, like, you know, knowing what you, you know, I guess your kind of target market in terms of like what kind of game, like if, you, if there is a company or an IP that you want to work with specifically, devs check these things out and they notice it. Like I've noticed on Twitter, yeah. like the Doom Eternal devs, you know, they look at Doom maps. And you know, I, uh, one of my recent ones was uh, a remake of it in a medieval arena. And Dave, oh, uh, Dave, nice. Dave Osher got on it. And like, you know, these people, these things get noticed. If you're referencing these these games and these IPs, the people who made them yeah. are quite likely to pick up on it. And they're like, hmm, sure. you'll be on their radar. And if they see it a few more times, and then, you know, you never know where that might lead. So I, the thing that is important if you do want to go to the professional level of things. Yeah. Targeting. The, the exact like, <laughs> um, reference you just gave there, too, when I was in Sweden. Um, I didn't know this at the time, but uh, so I really liked this game in VR that was one of the first. It was called Budget Cuts, and it was uh, you're like basically throwing knives at these little robots, and you're kind of moving through a facility. It was really nice, mm. and you had a portal gun. And in VR, it was like you shoot the portal over there, and then you can look through it Ooh. and like look around in, in 3D and like choose where you're going and stuff. And I was so enamored by it. I just oh, this is so great! I made a prototype in Unreal Four really quick and. Um, I started showing it on my Twitter and I didn't know this, but one of my friends that I interned at Raven, uh, works on the team and you know, they're in Sweden and not only are they, are they in Sweden, but they're like down the street or something. So it was like, it was like, cool. Like I kept showing stuff on Twitter and like they reached out and they were like, Hey, do you want to grab lunch? Awesome. And I like went and hung out with them for a day and they let me actually like come to their office and play the game and. Um, just chatting with them. I really actually wanted to, um, I was going to apply at their studio, but then just, um, I, when I left payday, I just wanted to come home after, mm. after that. Cause Sweden is cold, Sweden is cold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it, it was, it's one of those things like, you know, you, you make stuff and you would, you want to make stuff generally speaking for the studios that you want to apply for. Um, and it really, it does come down to being that like, knowing the tone of what you're what you're what you're doing and um trying to cater your portfolio towards that type of studio like if you're gonna apply to work at like an uh, uh, a real-time strategy game you know showing your half-life level isn't necessarily going to get you there hmm. but maybe making an rts level in like like starcraft or yeah, something exactly. you know and yep. showcasing like your ability to script and like set up moments and stuff hmm. and um, and balanced gameplay that will be you know that's you know it just depends on what you're doing yeah yeah um, we can't um, just build stuff for what you want you know um don't overthink it but yeah definitely cater your portfolio to the studio that you want to work at and if um and unfortunately like if if doom maps aren't gonna be aren't gonna cut it for that particular studio that you want to go work for it would behoove you to at least try and build something mm. in like a different one, even if it was just for like one level, mm. just to like showcase your abilities. Proof, proof of concept in a different kind of light. thing. Mm. Um, I will shout out, give it like um, something like GZ Doom and its ability to eight other games, like depending on the asset set that you include. That is actually a really like, don't, uh, you know, I'm not, I've, I've seen a few comments from some people on the internet, uh, you know, trying to, trying to push more advanced stuff, but. Um, which is which is fine, but you know something like that engine 
um, or raise, uh, you know, these exist, asset sets exist and don't underestimate how powerful these are. It might seem like, oh, it's just Doom games. Sure. But GC Doom, you can do, like, there's several games, like Salako, GC Doom game. Um, mm-hmm. Supplies, GC Doom game, Age of Hell. Right. Um, yeah, these, these, like, you look at Salako, Salako does not look or feel like Doom at all. Not even a little no. bit. Not close. You, you, if they didn't tell you that, that it used to start off as a Doom mod, you, you wouldn't believe it. Um, right. You know, it's got, it those, feels- those total conversion games, you know, they look like they're a lot of work too, but definitely very impressive. Um, but yeah, I think, like the whole idea of, and I saw, and I know the person that made that comment to you, by the way, um, I worked, I sat next to them at Irrational. <laughs> so like, uh, I know, I know what you're referring to, but like about them trying to push like more, um, uh, the newer engines mm. versus the old stuff. And I totally understand that standpoint. Um, Cause to some degree it is true. Like, having knowledge of more advanced tool sets can be quite useful because mm-hmm. um, some of that stuff can be really like when I went from hammer to unreal for the first time, it took a while for yeah. me to get used to it. And I think, I think just having the ability to understand the editor can be useful. But like I said, at the end of the day, it really comes down to knowing what studio you're applying to and like getting your ideas across. Like you can use old editors and stuff like that, but the company that you're applying for might think, oh, does this person not know how to use an, uh, an updated editor or something like that? It's it's small, but like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you're catering your maps and stuff to them and you let them know like this was specifically like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think it would be like that big of a deal. I think um, uh-huh. uh, one other thing to keep in mind when, you know, when you're choosing an engine or, or a game to, to, to start with in terms of you know, building up a portfolio is look at the tools. There is a, a vast amount of differences between, you know, between all these, these things and how easy they are actually to edit. Um, and that's one thing that Doom does have that, um, and Spades is a very good editing tool um, or Proteus. Um, so, you know, if you wanted to go work at Proteus, you can make Proteus maps. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, look at like something like UE4 is a bit more convoluted and technical and complex. You know, keep that sure. in mind if you go, you know, nothing wrong with going into it and diving straight. It's game too. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like when I feel like you want to work on something that has like an editor like Crisis or Far Cry mm. or, you know, Half-Life or even like Half-Life Alex, if you want to work at like a VR studio and you want to showcase VR stuff, um, downloading like a, a template you know, like some of these assets from like the Unreal Store and like, you know, getting like a VR template and like stuff like that and putting together an idea. It's not as far fetched, mm. but it's definitely more work than you would think. And if you could just jump in and you have enemies already there, you know, from Doom or Proteus or Half-Life, whatever, that you can set up your own sequences and just prove that you know what you're doing when it comes to combat or composition or lighting or whatever um that kind of stuff matters you mm, know definitely. um but that kind of skill can translate over to like other editors and things like that so it's just something to keep in mind mm. um just a couple sure. more uh one from synathif uh, what is the general story of proteus play the early race i got interdimensional war and that's about it <laughs> is there is there a is there a heavy story in proteus actually uh, uh, I'm not going to be talking about that now <laughs> today. Uh, you guys can wait. Like, I mean, when we come out with like newer levels and stuff, um, they touch a little bit on the story yes. here and there. But overall, we didn't want you to be picking up like notebooks mm-hmm. and like reading, you know, text and text and text. 
but yeah, definitely like just keep an eye on some of the new maps that we're going to be working on. And definitely um, feels like a game that's got like there is an amount of environmental storytelling that is in there, but yeah, it's not the primary focus. Primary, of, yeah. yeah. A, I mean, it's, it's a few hints I have there. a I have like. I have like a small stories like books worth of 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 stuff in my head that I've I've written down and uh you know that one day like that's what I use to sort of drive the overall level progression and like what we're doing um but yeah I'm probably not going to release that uh at the moment um or like talk about it we like once the game's done I think it's free mm-hmm free to discuss that kind of stuff no, but I'll, I'll just hold that off for now very very, very fair um uh, that's um, yeah, that's still stuff to be released, um, and uh, I, I suggest that you just watch this space. Um, <laughs> but thanks for the question. <laughs> uh, one one from Neil. Uh, if I was just, um, did you say that produce levels are text files? Uh, it's also got a quick update thing. Is that using some sort of SCM similar to Mercurial or Git? Um, I wouldn't know off the top of my head with that, like anything about that i just know that when a 3d editor like ours opens a map file or even like just any game when a game goes to load up your level for the game the reason why we have loading screens is because if you didn't have a loading screen you would literally see the map getting built Mm. in front of you because every time a level from any game that you're playing loads it literally is constructing the level Mm. from a text file that says okay this vert point here, 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 and here creates a quad. And then that quad has this material on it and this color on it. And it uses this sound and blah, blah, blah. Then that, that all gets loaded every time. So that's just something that um, we're just using. It's just like a text loader. Like everybody's levels always get recreated like from scratch every time you open them. Mm-hmm. So um, that's actually, just like yeah. a normal thing though yeah that's the same it's as Jesus Doom like it rebuilds the nodes every time you load and it, you know UDMF map files are literally text um, yeah sometimes you can get what uh, back in the day right there was a thing that we used to call feature creep or not creep but uh, but like vert creep or something where like over time um, things slowly start oh, really? to drift <laughs> on the grid <laughs> like one of the, in the when we were working on oh, Wolfenstein would, in 2009 <laughs> or was it 2010 or 2009 one of the the one before the new machine games one, um, everything was so like, because we had like a really low grid setting. It was like, we had, you know, you had your like 0.1, which is like the lowest grid setting. And then it was like 0.01 was even lower. Cause like they used to take planes and put decal textures on them mm. and then just float them off the ground yep. like ever so slightly. Mm. Um, but because of that, some people would just, take liberties with that and like build staircases that were like really like just micro like i mean oh that sounds like something i would do like yeah you would would start to see cracks over time like if this level has been around for like a year a lot of the hands on the staircase would like slowly start having like oh that's really interesting points in them is that a rounding was was that a rounding error or i think so i think it must have been it had to be because it was like super small mm. grid like the smallest grid that i've ever seen in my life um and usually like a lot of new mappers when they start working with an editor that gives them that kind of yeah. grid control they always just stay on the smallest grid size <coughs> my <is> drawing just... <coughs> <laughs> 
Um, oh shit! Well, it's funny because like um, one of the the beauties of UDMF uh, is uh, it introduces floating point vertices. So in older Doom, you know, Boom and Vanilla, you can only go down to a one pixel grid, but UDMF uh-huh. can have f- proper floating point. Um, I think it rounds to three places. But you notice, okay. like I've noticed with some of my maps where they are very heavily off grid, yet slow the rounding errors start creeping in, and I, there's all these like little overlapping things that I have to go back and fix. <laughs> Fortunately, it doesn't creep after the level's built. <laughs> but I know, I know that feeling. It's like everything's just kind of slightly not quite perfect anymore. Damn yeah, rounding that's errors. Great. She wants Damn. to ban you now, by the way. Is there a way that she can ban you? So, <laughs> Feel free to try. Yeah. Yeah, um, once you make a, a map for Age of Hell, um, uh, the admin tools unlock, and you're able to do that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I did make a did make a, uh, a precision tutorial for her um, recently. So hopefully she's wonderful. <laughs> there's like there's a wise saying some level designer once told me, and it's uh, it's grid eight is great. Grid one is no fun. <laughs> and like, that's how I've always remembered it. And like, for Proteus, though, I always go a little bit higher, maybe like 16 mm. or 32. But yeah, it's it's so true. If you it, stay on the one, is, yeah. the one grid line, you're, you're just asking for trouble. I think, like, if I'm actually using the grid, yeah, I very rarely go below 8 or 16. Um, and because, yeah, if you're trying to actually use those tiny, it's just so easy to end up with shit not quite aligned and it's, it's yeah. a pain in the ass. <laughs> well, the good thing about the, you know, your editor, though, is that it's all top down. So like for the most part. So it'd be like you, you only have to really worry about not things not aligning on the top down mm. view. <laughs> Man, I, I honestly don't know how you guys uh with the new with the new editor like the way that you make those arches and everything like you know i don't know it, that looks really complicated a lot of text file editing and stuff yeah it's i think the, the new tools definitely made it a lot easier like there's, there's a couple in particular that came out this year or in the last 12 months mm-hmm. and it, it has allowed for a lot more 3d design that was not really mm-hmm. feasible um previously and and yeah there's the yeah, i think you're still there's still more development in that kind of design uh, sphere just in terms of like the cool shit that people are going to do over the next, you know, 12 to 24 months. I think uh, we're just starting to scratch the surface of what's possible with, um, with the new right. editor. That's very exciting, actually. Yeah. I guess I have one quick question for you then. It's, and I've been thinking about this too. It's like, you've gotten so close to just making 3D. <laughs> why, why have you guys why not <laughs> or like what's what's holding you guys back from trying um something different or so that uh, that is like because i feel like you've got like there's like some really awesome skill on display in a lot of these communities and a lot of these mappers who are now instead of just doing sectors they're doing proper mm. 3d but it take it looks like it takes way longer um because of the way that you have to like use sectors and stuff or at least the onboarding process for somebody new to get mm. to the point where you're at would be very that would take months yeah um, yeah and that's a fair point and and like i said there's been certain tools in particular that allowed this kind of design to to become recently uh much easier to do it used to be horrendously time consuming um like to make a 3d arch you wouldn't really bother right. um because the way you had to set up the control sectors um so interestingly like Doom, with all the advances with GZ Doom and all cool shit you can do and create the impression of proper 3D geometry, you still mm-hmm. cannot draw a room over another room in the editor. The engine does not allow it. It still can't be done, oh, which is really, really fascinating. That is still an immutable law of, of uh, even GZ Doom. Um, so for me personally, you know, I'm, we're so far into 
like Age of Hell has been a thing that worked on for a long time, and it would it would be a huge change to shift over to a different engine. And oh, sure, 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 sure. Rather than rather than do that, that, that's when this is finished. Well, that's when I will make that jump personally. And um, I think that I think the the reason you still see people who could potentially make very good stuff in say Quake Engine or Half Life or anything like that, Doom has a couple of things going for it. One is a good strong community around mm-hmm. custom content. I think I'd say it's probably what the best. Um, certainly yeah. to FPS. It's, it's, it's been around for a long time. It's in very good health at the moment. The new Dooms have brought in an influx of new people, lots of interest, and the quality of what's being made has never been higher. It's, it's insane how, right. how yeah, much for sure. skill there is. It's ridiculous. So it's got it's got momentum. So if you know you think, well, maybe I do want to try and make something a little bit you know, more advanced, you lose that momentum, community momentum, um, and I actually probably right. Proteus is probably the would be the the next best. I think if you were going to go into something three D, I'd recommend that to people. Um, yeah, with a very good editor and and a good good assets. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, Gina, and you know, because you guys have put so much passion and time into the editor and generating that community, it's it's there and it has it is building that community momentum. Um, yeah, Quake Quake's got a, obviously a good core as well. Um, yeah. But there's not much else outside of that, really, in terms of like oldish games that you can go and make content for sure. that you know that you'll get a bunch of people playing. Um, you know, uh, I think right. that's a big thing about why Doom is so attractive, and it is so easy to just get into the editor and throw yeah. down a few lines. You've got a room, like you don't have to define brushes, like you know, make a, a room in Quake. You got to build each wall. Right. Doom, you just draw four lines, and it sets the height default, you know, one twenty eight straight away. You've got a room. You can put the player in there. Within minutes, you've got a map that you can actually walk around in. Very easily. It's just a room, but it's that quick. Um, my uh, my my first interaction with the with the Doom editor was I made a room and then I tried to make a door and my room moved. Yeah. <laughs> and like you and just and about like, everyone else. Like, <laughs> yeah. Immediately, I was like. Okay, <laughs> I was like, "This is how this is gonna work." It's, All right, it's amazing, <laughs> and it's consistent. So this is not a not a casting aspersions on anyone for not getting. But how many people struggle with making a door? And all right. you gotta do is like yeah, get the line, hard. get the lo- the action line flipped the wrong way, and all of a sudden your room moves. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that 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 like little bit alone would probably. Yeah, I could imagine like trying to build levels and then getting caught up on like little technical things like that for sure. But every editor, uh, every every engine and every editor's got its quirks like that. Um, yeah, for I imagine, sure. So, um, um, but yeah, yeah. Can you imagine though that like you know modding has just ruined games? I know, it's just terrible. You know? You know, it's, it's, it's just watered down, like watered down IP. Modders, yeah. They've just literally ruined the <laughs> games that you know they used to exist. I know. Just absolutely made them terrible. Driving driving game companies out of business. You know, I made Age of Hell yeah. and, and ID ID went bankrupt. You know, just like that. <laughs> We and Bridge were were off off the topic. I said, "Could you imagine if John Romero said that?" Most people yeah. in the chat are, are we're aware of the shit storm that happened that week. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, oh, it's good times. Bridge, <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. Um, well, we've been going at it for. Like close to is it two hours yeah. now or something like that. I try. I said this I wasn't going to ramble, but <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's always fun though. We always good. have a good time, just like chatting and chatting and chatting. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on. 
Um, no, thanks everybody in chat for coming by and 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 asking your questions there at the end. And Arlene, I'm sure you'll get your chance to ban him at some <laughs> point. <laughs> Um, no, thank you very much. And look, you know, uh, thanks for coming on a uh, second time. I know you're a busy man. Um, I really appreciate it. And you know, you, you're always great, like, great to talk to. And we talked earlier about how you know how much fun Simple had in your Discord server um, chatting to. So you know, anyone who wants to to pick uh, Vivi's brain, he is very active in the Proteus Discord, always testing maps and engaging with people. They're Absolutely, one of, one of the best for that. He's he's got a lot of time for for the fans, which we all very much appreciate. Um, and yeah, so thank you very much for coming on again. I'm sure we'll see you at some point again in the future. But uh, sure, part three, part, <laughs> part four, three. Exactly. part five. You know, we gotta yeah. gotta make the trilogy. Exactly, exactly. Uh, um, but I'll give you. I'll let you get back to work. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thank you, everyone. All and right, see you, Bridge. Peace out. Bye. Bye. All right, GG. Uh, that is it. Um, and there'll be no additional stream uh, we're not going to do any more uh, today so thanks everyone for hanging out um, and you'll see me tomorrow playtesting Tuesday I'll put up the usual um, uh, put up the usual uh, stream announcement schedule uh, today and I hope you all had a lovely weekend and thanks again uh, Mr. Vivi um, yeah lovely lovely person I will post a link to their discord um Two seconds. Definitely a good one to jump into, even if you don't have the game. Um, it's a great uh, community uh, for level design. And let's get a limit. That should be a link. Yep. Um, so grab that uh, yeah definitely jump in there like I said uh, Vivi has got a lot of time for the people um, Dragonfly's a dev there um, and um, definitely one of the better mapping communities uh, that's growing and only getting bigger and better um, and uh, should see some exciting things coming out of there in the future so thanks again everyone uh, I'll be back tomorrow with some playtesting uh, we'll see you then Oh, we'll go find something to raid. Uh, Derek is doing some more Stardate 20x7 uh, runs, uh, speedrunning, so let's go say hi.